Good morning, church. Um, I don't know if you've ever met anyone famous, um, but I love Snow Patrol. They're my, one of my favorite bands, and I've pretty much been to every concert they've ever done, um, including a wee sneaky one, because Richard had the, was part of the marriage charity last year, and we were able to go to it down over in Bangor, which is amazing. Um, but one time, a couple of years ago, Litchie was in the Corpus Burn Inn with my sister and brother-in-law, and Litchie just um, having a wee chat, hanging out, and there was Gary Lightbody with his family, sitting over, having lunch. I nearly died with excitement, actually. I was like, I was nervous, um, a bit like I am this morning. I was thinking, how could I get to speak to him? But I didn't want to be a weirdo, you know, like those people, you know, like get all like fangirl over a famous person and squeal and everything. I was like, I don't want to be that. So I sent him a sister, like, what, like, what would I say? What would I do? Like, I would approach him and I was like, like, no, I'll not bother. That's just silly. I'll just leave it. I'll just leave it. And then he was literally get up, was about to leave with his family. And I found myself standing up and I was like, <laughs> I just want to say, like, really love your music. think you're really great. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know what else I said, that was all I remember. And he was very gracious and lovely and was like, um, thanks so much, L lovely, thank you, thank you so much. And, all. and then I would go. And I was like, oh, I can't believe I did that, but I was so excited that I'd actually done it. And I actually have a story to tell. And I'm like, oh, I got to meet Gary like Bully. Um, yeah, so that was my kind of claim to fame of meeting someone famous. But as a senior lead team, as we had been meeting together, praying, seeking God, around this autumn winter season, around the idea of holiness and devotion to God. We talked about what those things meant to us. We talked about things like reverence, things like fear, a sacrificial love, a wholehearted devotion, a life lived in devotion to God. What would that look like? A couple of days later, I woke up with a song in my head, a few lines, so I typed it up into Spotify and found out that it was called Holy Forever. So I decided, I was on my own, I decided to have some time, I stuck it on, and I was just worshipping away, um, having a time with God. And in that moment, I felt God's beautiful presence, a bit like I did just with that song this morning. And just then, just in that moment, as I sat there, I had this picture, which was interesting because what Cal said, I had this picture of the throne room of heaven. That I was being ushered in to that throne room. And I was absolutely moved to tears. I was literally like tears running down my face because I was so in love with God in that moment. And it was just the most beautiful time. Words really couldn't describe to you what that was like. So I, I thank God for that. Um, and went on with my day. Then about two weeks later, I was at Kingdom Come Conference with a few people from church and was in worship and the exact same, same thing happened again. And again, I was so moved, moved to tears of joy and gratitude. And I was like, okay, God, after it, as I took time, I was like, that's too much of a coincidence for the exact same thing to happen. So I reflected on it. I took time. 
And you've heard many times, even Lindsay referenced it today, sometimes he does things that are just personal for us. They're things that he has for us that he wants to um, help us with in that day, wants to encourage us. He just wants to, his presence to bring that kind of love and assurance. But I really felt like today, as I reflected on this, that actually this was for the whole body. What God was giving me, this picture, was for the whole body. So I spent some time then, and I, I spent time with God, and I, I said, like, so I went through the things that I felt in that time. And that's the three things that I want to share with us all this morning. The three things that struck me as I had this moment with God. And it was his power. People will make fun of me about that because I don't say how we say it. So Richard always makes fun of me because I say power and shower. And yeah, people will make fun of me. It's fine. It's okay. So... <clears throat> So it was his power and his presence and then this overwhelming gratitude that I had. First thing was that as I worshipped him in this throne room was that I became aware of his power. Power that gives out, yes, grace and mercy. But what I mean by that was an awareness that he is God and I am not. I was so aware of that. Therefore, it is his will and not mine. It is his way and not my way. But not a power as I was in that. I didn't feel like a coward down, oh my word, I'm terrified and afraid. But I had a confidence that he was able to do, because he was God, he was able to do abundantly more than anything that even was in my human mind that he is an awesome God. I know we say that word a lot, but actually the awesomeness of God. And then again, I love how God does that and ties it up, that his name, that was the scripture that came into my head, that his name is above every name. And Lindsay shared that this morning from Philippians 2 verse 9, that every knee will bow at his name. That is the power that he has, that I can approach him, that we can approach him confidently, and have him give us his mercy and his strength to do what normally I couldn't do or we couldn't do. To be bold in how I speak about him. That his power, his spirit lives in me as a believer. Therefore, as Jesus said to his disciples in John 14, 12, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these he will do because I am going to the Father. So whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. We as believers have access to that power. And we don't always recognize it. We don't live in and operate out of the fact that we have access to that kind of power. Second thing was his presence. His beautiful presence which again just even in that song worthy of it all every time that song plays I'm moved to tears and I literally in that time literally I was just tears flowing down my face as I was worshiping God that's how the presence of God should feel for us or at least if it doesn't move that it should at least stir our hearts to a passion and a love for him but also was this gut assurance as I 
was there was that he is for me. That's what comes from his presence. In Psalm 121, it says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. His presence means I don't have. Psalm 27, a beautiful psalm. It says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war rise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing have I asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. It's that promise that I don't need to be afraid. When I'm in the Lord's presence, have access to his power, know all of that, then that's why David is able to write that psalm because he knows that. He actually knows it. He knows that that power and that presence is available to him. That's why he longs for it. That's why he seeks after it, that he may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of his life to gaze upon the beauty. I think sometimes as I, in that time with God, it was just the moments to stop and to gaze. When we gaze at something, looking at something, we can just look and glance away. When we gaze at someone, it's a, it's a long time, sometimes super awkward. <laughs> if somebody's gazing at you that you don't want to be gazing at you. Um, but it's lovely when it's that. Or when you look at um, like a child or you're ex- looking at a beautiful piece of art, you can stand for a long time. I feel like I'm making a funny wee noise with this. Is it a wee clickety-click? Oh, is it my earrings? Oh! <gasps> Sorry, I should take down my... There's my cool earrings. I'm thinking I'm... Love these. Although everybody laughs at them because they're like paper clips. Pete Brownlee always says to me, paper clips in your ear, Natalie? I'm like, yep, they are. Sorry. That's annoying me there. Um, I'm sure it was annoying you, any of you, like people who are like, what's that noise? Um, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. That kind of gazing into his face and his presence and his beauty. So I don't need to fear... Psalm 4 says, In peace, I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. That I have him right beside me, within me, around me, even in the darkest valleys, as Psalm 23 promises. His presence makes everything okay. His presence makes it bearable. His presence gives us fullness of joy his presence brings us love that makes everything else and should make everything else fade away Psalm 36 your steadfast love O Lord extends to the heavens your faithfulness to the clouds your righteousness is like the mountains of God your judgments are like the great deep how precious is your steadfast love, O God. 
The children of mankind take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house and you give them drink from the river of your delights. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light do we see light. And the third thing that I had was gratitude. Gratitude because, and what I was taken to, was Isaiah 6, um, verse 1 to 6. You might or might not know this passage. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called. And the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Isaiah lived before Jesus. He knew, therefore, that he could not enter into God's presence. So when he had this vision, he panicked because he knew he would die according to the law. This was not an unfounded panic. According to God's law, no one except the Levite priest was allowed into the holy place. And only once a year was a high priest allowed into the holy of holies. Once a year. So in these moments, in that throne room, I experienced this overwhelming gratitude for what I get to have with God. I was reminded that unlike Isaiah, I, we who are believers, have full access to God into his presence because of what Jesus did at the cross. I, we, have freedom to walk into the throne room of grace. Hebrews 4, 16 says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. In Matthew 27, 51, it tells us that the curtain that was in the entrance to the Holy of Holies was torn in two. This was to signify to all who read Matthew or heard him at that time that this was the end of the old system of the temple, that Jesus had fulfilled the sacrifice once and for all. Isaiah 6 verse 7 says, Our guilt is taken away and our sin atoned for. For him, that was the seraphim coming and touching his lips. But no longer do we live in that time. No longer do we need a priest to intercede in our place and bring sacrifices. Now we have full access to God. That should fill us with gratitude. That should fill us with a joy that is, should just literally blow us away. We should be literally going, wow. We should be going, oh my word, like you would do that for me. Like you would give yourself for me, just like Lindsay shared this morning. Like, that's what he did. And he didn't just do it for, for me, because, you know, he really likes me. 
That's not it. He wants it for everyone. He wants it for the whole world. He wants everyone to have this experience. So as we approach communion, I want us to try and picture this, this throne room of heaven. I've been praying throughout this last couple of weeks, particularly this week and then into this morning, praying that literally in this room, God would give you that experience this morning that I had, that picture. Maybe you don't learn in pictures. Maybe you'll just feel it in your heart and your body in whatever way, that you would actually understand that your debt has been paid, that the price has been paid for you, and that that would fill you with an overwhelming gratitude, that you as a believer would understand that you have access to his presence all of the time, not just in this room, not just in church, but every time that you're with him, that you literally just, as a believer, get to welcome his presence in and be with him. And that you have that power. You have the power to speak to your heavenly father, to request things of him, to ask and petition him. And I want you to know that that's available for everyone. That even if you're here today or you're watching online and you've not made that decision, that you have been sitting on the sidelines watching but actually he wants this for you today. And you can choose to do that. You can literally choose to accept that gift, that sacrifice that he did. You can surrender your life. You can give it over to him for his control. Like I said, when I was in that place, I knew that I was not God, that he was, that it was not my will, but it was his and his way and not mine. That's what it means to surrender our lives to God. We no longer get to dictate the rules and the things as much as we would like to. We don't get to do that. So I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to open our eyes, to see and our hearts, to be soft and to be receptive to what he is saying. And as we take communion together, um, and as the servers come and they bring communion in, in a few moments, I want you to hold the bread and the, the grape juice. I don't want you to take it straight away. I want you to hold it. And I want you to remember that this is about him first. This is about a gratitude for what Jesus did for you and for me on the cross, making a way of free access. It's about a moment of lifting our gaze. It's about actually giving our hearts of worship and adoration for what he has actually done for us that we get to enter boldly into the throne room of grace, which should fill us with gratitude, should move and stir our hearts, where we get to be in his presence, which has fullness of joy. Scripture tells us that when we take this meal together, we declare the Lord's death until he comes, because he's coming back. Therefore, we live out of that victory. We live and operate out of his power and his presence. As believers, our lives should look different. We should live differently. People around us should see how we live differently. And that what he gives to us, his children, and it is a gift that he gives to us. It is a privilege that he gives us his beautiful presence and the power of his Holy Spirit, like we heard, that allows us to do greater things than even Jesus did on this earth.
and lives in us as believers to walk in connection with him daily, moment by moment, day by day. It's been a bit of my, I suppose, over and over thing in the last year and a half. Not always to rush ahead, not always to think, you know, 50 steps, but just moment by moment, step by step, one day at a time, sweet Jesus. So servers are going to come and we're going to take communion, but I'm just going to pray before that happens. Holy Spirit, I pray that in this space right now, that you have free reign in, that you have free access. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would stir hearts, that people would sense your presence in their bodies, that they would sense your presence around them tangibly, that they would know that you are here, that you would open our eyes and people's eyes to see the throne room of heaven that we have access to, access to you, God, God of the universe, the God who spoke this world and us into being. God, I pray that we would have eyes to see, we would have hearts that respond now in this time of communion together. In Jesus' name.